Welcome to this week's episode of The Jake and Joe Show with your hosts, Joe, hey, who's totally not a schmo, and yours truly, Jake. I think we've got a much more structured show today, so I hope you all enjoy it. You prepared this time, Joe? Uh, not at all. Nope. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's get to it. If you were with us last week, which I hope you were, and I hope you're coming back to listen again, uh, we talked about growing up in a small town and how we think that relates to living elsewhere in the country and in the city and things like that. We talked about, what else did we talk about? We kind of touched on culture a little bit. Yeah, we didn't really go into it very heavy. There's a, At some point, I'm going to want to get into that a little deeper, maybe with some um, viewer suggestions. I think I think we ended up just mainly talking about small town small towns and cities almost yeah almost the entire episode i think there was some good content there absolutely i do feel like it might have been too open-ended to the point where people might find it boring to listen to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i'm really hoping to implement a structured segmented schedule on our show which i know we already talked about and we're going to attempt to do today yes that will be easily split up so it will keep bringing people's attention yeah yeah uh, and keep people entertained while still allowing for fluid conversation i agree so without further ado we got a little jingle and here it is wow that was such a cool jingle i just heard right now in real time for the first time Dang. Man, that definitely didn't go in in post. No. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the tech segment of our show where we talk about a tech-related subject. We're not really ever going to go... I mean, we might. I don't want to limit ourselves from that. But we're we're probably not going to focus on news so much as we're going to focus on the tech culture. Uh, We'll, you know, bring up a topic and then we'll talk more about that. This week, we want to go over smartphones and how the app we use least on our phones is the phone app. This is something I've been thinking about, about how, you know, we, we've got these super powerful mini, com- these microcomputers in our pockets that can do so many things. And the original need for them sprouted from needing to have a phone with you wherever you were going and needing to be able to call people. And now it seems like these days people don't even like I hardly ever call anyone on my phone. I don't even have the phone icon on my phone's desktop. No way. Because I don't use it. I never touch it. Oh, I don't man. I don't yeah, I, I and and I don't even have the the texting app on my home screen either cuz I don't use that. I use Messenger. You know, we're in the minority because I only use Messenger as well to talk to people, not only because I feel that it is a better UI and a more accessible way to contact somebody. It it, it feels smarter. It's smarter. I also haven't had service for about six (laughs) months. So the phone I have now uses Wi-Fi and I'm I'm very Wi-Fi reliant. If I'm on the go and I need to have a map or something, I got to go to the Gazetteer or basically what I do is I go to Google Maps first and I uh, plan the route map out it out, or like yeah, yeah. literally take a picture on my computer what it's going to look at uh, and guess. So that's not very fun. But back to your original point, so I don't trail off too much. I don't use the phone very much either. The only way I would use the phone is if I'm talking to a professional 
Yeah. Like if I need to pay a bill right, or right. something like that, I am almost always going to be texting someone. And I feel like a lot of people might think that our generation, especially people younger than us, are texting too much and maybe they're more distant than they should be. Like I can, I, I just know that people older than us are always like, oh, uh, I, I guess I don't really have a good example. <laughs> But like they're just I, always it's valiant calling. effort. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but um, you know, they just call people right, instead right. of texting. It's it's a no brainer, you know, instead of like, you know, opening the text application and taking five minutes or however long it takes them to type out what they want to say, they can just call up and either talk to the person directly or leave a voicemail. And I don't think that's how I, I think we're right on the cusp. I think our generation is right on the edge of being between texting and wanting to use the phone to call people. I mean, we we grew up without cell phones. I mean, there you know, smartphones or having a cell phone in your pocket wasn't really a thing that everyone had until I was like 10 or 12, maybe even a little bit later than that. I mean, I had my first cell phone and it was a flip phone when I was like 15. I want to say I had the exact same experience. I was about 14 or 15 when I had my first phone. And my first smartphone wasn't even until three years ago yeah when i had my s3 yeah yeah so uh oh what do we got viruses viruses avg free this is the annoying part of avg free because it like forces you to do this every so often it says that it's a test but it's basically to get you to pay for premium because then it stops happening if you pay for premium ah i don't even have uh antivirus on my home pc i don't even use it i'm surprised why i don't need it i don't i i never it never does anything it's just sitting on my computer using resources i never i've never come across a website that's bound and determined to install virus like put malware on my computer it never happens i guess you're right but honestly i am surprised with how much into technology and computers you are yet you don't have any antivirus software well i have windows 10 so I use the built-in Windows Defender. Oh, okay. Uh, and for someone who's a, who's good with computers, for someone who's an enthusiast, it's more than enough. It will detect anything trying to get into my PC or whatever, and I, that's about it. I don't. I, w- I was getting annoyed because Avast, AVG, Avira, Panda. I think I've uh, Bit all, Defender something yeah, like that. Yeah, all these all these uh, virus applications these days they they spam you like avg was just doing there avast every 10 minutes there's a pop-up in the corner saying your computer could be this much more protected pay us exactly like, no, that's what it does to me you. it drives me insane so i um, i got fed up one day and i'm like screw this i'm getting rid of it and i haven't had it for six months or so and i've had absolutely zero viruses and i'm not worried at all well um that's actually good to hear because i was thinking about possibly either getting rid of avg or finding a virus protection program that wasn't as annoying yeah and knowing that you feel safe without virus protection actually makes me feel good about possibly not having it either (laughs) yeah as long as you as long as you allow windows to keep itself updated and windows defender is able to keep downloading new virus definitions i don't really think you have anything to worry about cool um i know that's a little off topic but uh it's good. still tech related it's, though. It is very tech related and it's good information for those who might not know. Thanks AVG for 3 minutes of good content. <laughs> Sponsor. No. Uh... <laughs> this episode is definitely not sponsored by AVG. Screw them. <laughs> <laughs> no way. So, back to what we were talking about. There are certain things like you were saying, like if you're talking to 
professionals or whatever, you know, you're, you'd prefer to be on the phone. And I think a lot of that has to do with there not being another option. Like you can't text like an auto parts store and be like, hey, you got this part, you have to call them. I do love it when you can chat with someone online. I love that. I think I did that with Dell once. Yep. It was super fast. You I don't think have my to wait problem. On, you don't have to call wait or sit in the line or whatever it's called. Right. And you know, if oh. you're just considerate to the representative, nine times out of ten, if not more, they're going to help you out. Right. Right. So I remember needing to chat with a Dell employee about a song she wrote or (laughs) (laughs) about a laptop keyboard i just said hey mine's not working it's still under warranty yeah here's my serial number or something like that and they're like yeah "Yeah, well we will send you a new keyboard oh cool and it was that easy and it was much quicker than if i even wanted to call so if other businesses would start implementing that in whatever way they can they would see a massive gain in overall customer satisfaction, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think a lot of websites or companies have that. A lot of them just don't make it super apparent. Amazon has a live chat. Go I ahead didn't and try know finding it on their website. It is buried under like five pages. You have to like jump through hoops to get to their live chat. They must not make it accessible because they don't want that to be... They the primary want, communication method. They per, I, they prefer email because they can take their time. They they can take their time getting back to it. Whereas like if, if if you're doing live chat, one or two representatives can only probably handle four or five clients at a time. Whereas if it's all over email, one representative can respond to like 200 emails in a day and take care of that many clients. It is nice though being able to talk to someone live, Just being mm-hmm. able to talk person to person instead of email. I, I feel like a lot of information gets lost in email. I hate doing... I actually have a very good, very relevant story about oh, that. I think I remember you telling me. Yes. Um. So just as I needed a keyboard for my laptop with Dell, that situation was amazing. The problem was taken care of within 10 minutes. They had sent me a new keyboard in the mail. I got it within a couple of days. It was beautiful. My email story is that just a couple of months ago, I had a Razer Black Widow keyboard, for those who might not know, just a, a really nice mechanical keyboard, that a few of the buttons stopped working. It was still under warranty. I messaged at least three different tech support people who kept needing the same information from me. They made it such a hassle that after about two months of back and forth, I decided it wasn't worth it. Oh, man. I don't mean to bash Razer because I use their products. They don't have very good customer service anyway. I've heard a lot of bad stories about them. They really got to amp it up because right now that's the first name that I think of. And I think a lot of gamers, specifically PC gamers, think of when they think of a quality third-party peripheral developer. Right. Right. So they need to amp up their game to put themselves at a level of you know, big players like Corsair that maybe have, well, not maybe, they have the same if not better products and I don't have a personal story about customer satisfaction from them, but I can only assume that it's better because mine was so bad. It It is significantly better and I can't even say that because I've dealt with them directly, but as I mentioned in the previous episode and as I'll probably mention in every episode going forward, I use Reddit quite a bit. Yes. Yes. And there are a few 
Corsair employees that have Reddit accounts that part of their PR job is to just spend time on Reddit and interact with customers. The PC Master Race subreddit, I spend a significant amount of time there. And it's there's a specific Reddit user, Corsair George. He's a employee of the company, and he's always interacting with the community. And if anyone ever has an issue with their Corsair product or is commending a Corsair product, he chimes in and says, hey, thanks for giving Corsair a shot. Or, hey, you ha- it looks like you haven't had the best experience. You know, get a hold of us and we'll do everything we can to make it right and make you come back and buy products from us in the future. And I think even little things like that make a really big difference uh, because I've, I mean, I've personally been looking to move towards Corsair for a while. I'm, I'm looking to sell the Razer equipment that I have so I can buy, you know, like a Corsair mouse and keyboard because I prefer to have their products simply because of how they interact with their customers. I think them having a employee or at least some sort of presence on Reddit is an extremely great asset for yeah, them. Yeah, great definitely. Idea. There's two or three of them. Corsair George tends to be the most popular just because whenever Corsair or anything's brought up, people always tag him in a comment and quote-unquote summon him. I know there are a few others and they're always ready to ready to help or, you know, thank you for using their products and it's, it's, it's great to see. That's good. That's very good to hear coming from someone who now has a Corsair keyboard. Well, we've trailed off yet again, but... <laughs> We're good at that. Yeah, we've pretty much said what we want to say about phones, I think. There's not really much more to be said. I do think it's kind of funny. I feel like our strongest points weren't even about the main topic. <laughs> yeah. But, um... Well, let us know if, I mean, how you feel on this topic. Do you do you use the... How often do you use the phone application on your phone? Or is it one of those things that's tucked away into a sub-menu on your phone that you only pull out occasionally? Do you even call it a phone? I mean, is that something we should be calling it? Do we call it a phone? Honestly, I've been using my new phone I just got last month as a mini computer, like you had said before. Right. I just play a couple games on it and message people on Messenger. That is 90% of what I do right. on that Right, it's thing. not, it doesn't, I mean, I call this a phone, but I don't really use it as a phone, so I mean... It should be a... broadly defined as a mobile communications device at this point. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> personal computer oh wait that's already taken oh wait a minute yeah they used to be called organizers or whatever right like uh the palm pilots they were like personal organizers PDA. PDA. Uh, personal desk assistant yeah that's but well, that's like... a different thing entirely though I, I believe those existed together maybe the pdas died out shortly after cell phones became a huge thing i think so Well, BlackBerry also had something to do with that because they were kind of the best of both worlds i mean people had palm Palm Pilots. My, I had a high school teacher that used a Palm. He didn't have a smartphone for a while. He just used his Palm. Then, I mean, BlackBerry. You know, they they had the phone with the the physical keyboard and the little roll ball, and but it was technically a smartphone because you could install apps and stuff on it. I remember it being the go-to for every business person right, for right, years. Right, right, So that was like a nice... I, I feel like that's when Palm started to fade out is when BlackBerry started to gain ground. But BlackBerry didn't have ground for very long because a need for them was lost as smartphones became bigger and people were realizing that they could do way more than a BlackBerry ever could. Hmm. Now I kind of, even though I don't necessarily like it, but I when I think of modern business phones, I tend to think of the iPhone. yeah. Well, that's, you know, that that's what a lot of businesses go to when they're going to have company phones. The company I work for, everyone has iPhones. I mean, I don't. I'm not part of the group that gets a company-issued phone. But for those who do, they're all iPhones. Right. 
And I think that's because they're more standardized. They're more consistent. I mean, there isn't like we both have Android phones probably made in the same year, but they're completely different. Whereas Apple, there's an iPhone. That's the phone for the year. They'll put out a new one next year. There isn't as much choice between them. So it's easier to stay consistent and to push app updates and things like that. And I think that's probably why they're more business oriented. That's a good point. So yeah, that about does it for the tech section. So without further ado, I feel like I said that once already this episode. Here's another jingle. Oh, that's nice too. I like that. Sounds beautiful. Great choice. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, now we're going to go into the butterfly effect and whether or not we think it is legit or the media has kind of created for fun in movies or that type of thing. I wanted to mention earlier today, I was talking to Michaela, my wife, about what we were going to be talking about on the podcast tonight when, when we were recording. And I mentioned the butterfly effect and she wasn't even familiar with it. She hadn't even heard of it. I think a lot of people know the butterfly effect as the ripple effect. Almost everybody would be like, oh, okay, I understand what you're talking about with the ripple effect. Because like you mentioned, pop culture's idea of the butterfly effect is a little bit inaccurate from what it actually was meant to be. So it's become more synonymous with the ripple effect. Right. So I was telling her about what we were going to be talking about, and I mentioned the butterfly effect. She kind of like gave me a funny look. I explained it to her. I'm like, well, say this plate of food you're eating. I could knock this plate of food off a table, and you'd probably get pretty pissed at me, and we'd probably have an argument, and we'd be mad at each other for the rest of the night. And you wouldn't be able to uh, come over. Right. And do this podcast. Yeah, so everything could have been different if I had done that. Or, you know, I'm not going to obviously hit your plate of food off the table and, you know, we're on good terms and we're happy with each other and we're going to have a completely different night because of that, which could affect tomorrow, the day after, weeks to come. You know, something little, just something little like that can, you know, make such a big change in the future. And I don't know if she was really going for it or not. Really? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And I can kind of understand it because it seems like a silly concept. Like, what happens is what happens. Right, but but it happens because of a reason. I think that just makes sense. Right. The, the, the question of the legitimacy of butterfly effect seems silly to me because I feel like there's no way it could not exist, um, at least in the pop culture definition that we think of today. Right. Because I actually have a couple stories. I um, My first girlfriend in college... That day, yes, that was the first time I had a girlfriend was in college. I traced... We'll go into that another yeah. time. <laughs> I traced <Just> the... <laughs> <laughs> I have a voice for radio. and then he... Not a face for TV. Yeah. I'm sorry. I have a voice for radio. That's not even the thing. It's I have a face for radio. That's what the... Um... That's what <laughs> that people say. the idiom. Right. The idiom, yeah. Right. Go um, ahead, go ahead, as you're saying. Yeah. First girlfriend, college, no life, loser, <laughs> yeah, blah, blah. Well, see, this it kind of plays into it. I had been in my room with my roommate, and I was really hungry. So like any college kid, I decided to go to the store and spend my credits on junk food. Of I, course. Yeah, I had asked him, I was like, hey, man, you want to head to the cafe with me and grab some food? And he decided not to. So I went by myself. I came back with, I think, malted milk balls. And he was like, those look good. I think I am going to go so he decided to go by himself when he came back i was in my room playing i think call of duty mid game right he comes in and i hear multiple female voices behind me so i had to make the decision of hmm do i finish my call of duty game or start talking to females for the first time sounds really lame calling them females (laughs) girls 
for the first time since I started dorming. So, of course, I did what any sane person would do and finish my match. Right, of course. Because I wouldn't want that to affect my kill-death ratio. And as soon as that that happened, though, as soon as the game had ended, I had ended up meeting one of those girls who came in my room is a very, very good friend of mine still, and we've been friends for, I want to say, six years So I'm very, very glad that happened, even though it was kind of made, the decision was made to bring the girls in to kind of like make fun of how nerdy I was, which is kind of another thing, but it ended up being (laughs) a good thing. I ended up getting a really good friend out of it, and she was friends, I'm sorry, she was roommates with the girl I ended up dating, as she was my first girlfriend. So basically what I'm trying to say is that if my roommate had gone to the store with me at the same time, you know, instead of going separately, that would not have happened. And I would not have that one friend I do right now. And that would be sad. So if you really think about it, the butterfly effect has to exist. Or at least the ripple effect. So what is, what's the definition of the ripple effect? Because you probably hear me typing. On my yeah, that's your, time. That's, uh, <clears throat> that's your job. You get the laptop. Uh, ripple effect. The continuing and spreading result of an event or action. So as like a pebble dropping in a pond can affect, I feel, I almost feel like the ripple effect relates to an action you take affecting the world as a whole. Whereas the butterfly effect is more personal. It's more. I feel like maybe the true definition of the butterfly effect is when a small unconscious decision or action was made by something out of your control affects your life on a grander scale in the future. So, like, the ripple effect is a conscious thing. I feel like the ripple effect is a conscious small decision that spreads to other conscious large decisions and outcomes. Yep, yeah. And there's no way to deny that, but with the true definition of a butterfly effect, it's supposed to be very unpredictable and it's almost impossible to truly think about possible outcomes because you there these actions are so small and minute that there's no logical way to wrap your brain around it. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Did you pull anything up? Um, I'm looking I'm looking here. I guess initially the butterfly effect was used with weather prediction. Oh, I actually did not see that. That's the first line, Jake. Oh, well then we <laughs> were looking at two different things. Here's a little history. In The Vocation of Man, Fitch, which I'm assuming maybe is the guy who wrote it. Uh, I think it's the guy who co-wrote, who co-founded the clothing store, Abercrombie and Fitch. (laughs) His brother, Abercrombie. Right. Uh, You could not remove a single grain of sand from its place without thereby changing something throughout all of the immeasurable whole. So he's saying, like, a grain of sand off a beach? Like, come on. That to that scale, I do not agree. To that I scale, agree. I think that is way too minute in action to even have any. Effect. How could a single grain of sand Unless, change anything? With erosion, <laughs> if you take a single grain of sand from the beach, a single grain. 10, first of all, good luck separating a grain. Ten thousand <laughs> years later, with erosion, causes an earthquake. Does, does erosion cause earthquakes? I don't know. <laughs> I don't but think so. 10,000 years <laughs> and through erosion, an earthquake happens one minute sooner than it would have yep. and kills five people that it wouldn't have if it had 
occurred yeah, but at one, the time it was supposed one to. One grain of sand, though, man. That I know, can't. I know. I'm it's just like, really, I'm grasping at straws it's like here. This big, it's so I know. small. There's that can't change anything. That definition does make it really hard to believe. I do see it being possible, but it's really hard to wrap your brain around. I always thought of the butterfly effect in terms of like the ripple effect. Well, no, like like the meaning of like the, the phrase where it comes from, like a butterfly could like land on you or something and that could change your mood for the day or whatever. Like I, I always thought it was the butterfly physically interacting with something or someone else, not just the beat of its wings. Right. And you know, what's funny is that we both had been talking about the butterfly effect movie because I actually have a copy of it and you had noticed it when you walked in and neither of us have seen it, but I I kind of lied. I have seen the first 10 minutes, I believe, and the first action of that movie is a butterfly landing on something and causing... Is it? That, to my knowledge. So yeah, that is what at least the movie and what the pop culture definition has made that out to be. To me, I guess up until a couple hours ago, the butterfly effect and the ripple effect could have been synonymous. I guess I never really looked too much into it and thought they were about the same thing. So I'm glad I'm not going to be talking to uh, friends and strangers about the butterfly effect when I sound like a complete, <laughs> well, you I, know. I don't, I don't think you would because I don't think a lot of them know the difference. I mean, oh, I, that's I like true. to think we're pretty educated we're so, guys. And... We're so like smarter than everybody else, Joe. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> yeah, that's all I had for the butterfly effect. So I think we'll be heading into our next segment that we want to start implementing. And that is the song of the week or song of the month. Just any kind of any piece of music that Joe or myself want to share with you guys for any reason at all. And since I do believe this was Joe's idea, I'm going to hand it off to him to tell me what his first song of the week is. But first, here's a little jingle. You know what? I'm not even surprised anymore. These jingles are so wonderful. <laughs> so... Before we get into this and before I share my song of the week, I think it I think it'd be good if oh man, holy crap, I just got the longest message on Facebook Messenger I've seen in a long time. Is it important? Check oh. that out. Oh shoot. Uh no, it's not that important right now. <laughs> <laughs> a message that long not being I'll, important. I'll read that later. Yeah, uh anyway, I, I think it's pretty important that we give a little background on why we want to do this as a segment. Absolutely, let's do it. Uh, music is an important thing in my life, and I know Jake feels the same way. Um, Absolutely, it's what one of the things that originally connected us as friends. Yes, I'm sure most of you have heard of the music service Spotify. Uh, if you haven't, you live under, under a rock. Honestly, I mean, at this it, point, it, Spotify yeah. should be well known. Well, Facebook owns it too, so you know if you don't, that's right. If you don't know about Spotify and you're on Facebook, that's weird. Anyway, they back when they first started the Discover Weekly playlist, Jake and I would, every single Monday when the new playlist would roll out, we would listen to the playlist, and then we would compare and we'd send each other favorites. And uh, as far back as I can remember, music has always been more to me than just something catchy to listen to. You know, I really dissect the words and the feeling behind the song. 
and how it makes me feel. That's all something that's very important to me. And because of that, I like sharing music that I like. And I'm always looking to share it with more people. Uh, Whenever I find a song I'm really excited about, usually I'll send it to, I usually send it to you either first or second. Yeah. Second? What? Behind my wife. Oh, okay. Typically. (laughs) That that makes sense. If it's something I know she won't like, then she doesn't, she, I don't send it to her. Yeah. She, she'll hear it through me. I'll, I'll be listening to it and she'll hear it. And I have a few other friends that I might send a song or two to here and there, but for the most part, I send it to you and we ended up discussing it and talking about, you know, how much, how, whether or not we both like it or, you know, the reasons that one of us doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, I want to go into my song of the week. And I, it's funny that I, I just amped up music so much, and I don't even have a whole lot to say about my first song of the week, other than that it's just one that I've been listening to a ton lately, and I cannot get out of my head. So, where is it? I'm making sure I don't get the name wrong. That would be really embarrassing. I just want to... Okay, yeah, that's what I thought it was. So, Weezer. Oh, of course, of course. You had to know that's what it was going to be. They have, I think, 11 studio albums now, so a lot of music to choose from. You would know more than from. me. <laughs> and uh, one of their lesser known, its not I don't want to say lesser known, but it's one of their albums that, that's not as popular. It's uh, Maladroit or Maladruit, or I'm not even 100% sure how it's said. I could probably ask a Weezer fan who's even more into them than me, and they'd be able to tell me. There's people like that who exist? Yeah, right. It's a it's a very grungy, distorted album for Weezer. It came right off the back of the Green album, which was after Pinkerton. And if any of you know anything about Weezer, Pinkerton is the album that it's that that album's considered a cult classic and it's the album that a lot of Weezer fans will say should be a new fan's first listen and if they don't like that album, don't bother with the rest of Weezer. Then they they went onto the Green album had more of a pop feel to it and that was a put off for a lot of fans so with maladroit they kind of they kind of went back to more of a pinkerton feel i don't want to say completely because pinkerton's got an entirely different feel all its own but maladroit was still a very dirty grungy album and so that brings me to the name of the song and that is death and destruction it's not even a very long song i think it's only i think it's only like two minutes but it's dirty i mean it's it's very like i don't want to say depressing but it's not uplifting and it's it's got a a pretty a pretty whiny guitar solo and some vocals from rivers kuomo the lead singer that i just can't get out of my head it's it's got such an eerie feel to it and i love it i've listened to it like 30 times in the last couple weeks i wonder if you love it as much as you do because it doesn't seem like it's something that weezer tends to write about or incorporate into the mood of their songs when you, as soon as you said the title, I've never heard the song first off, but as soon as you said the title, I'm thinking that is not a typical Weezer title to me at least, being a casual fan. Right. Well, and and when I was talking about how they kind of went back to Pinkerton a little bit. Pinkerton was a very depressing album. Across the Sea, I know you're familiar with yes. that song. Yeah. That's all about him wanting to be with a girl that he has no chance of being with because she's, you know, on the other side of the world. And Pink Triangle, there's a few songs on that album that are just very sullen. And they're, they were during a dark, a darker time in River's life. So to say that it's not some, it's not a way that, I don't, I don't even know how to word this. It's, it's not how Weezer ever writes. I feel like that might be a little off because they have had a whole album based around that type of feeling. But it was the first song in a while 
that felt that way. And there's another couple of songs on Maladroit, like Slob, and one other that I can't think of right now that that have that same feel. It sounds like it's angry, more maybe more angry than sad. Yeah, it's a little bit, little bit. Just from the title alone, again, we're gonna, I've never heard it. We're gonna throw in a little a little clip. Of, I'm, I'm probably going to go with the guitar, a, a, a little bit of the guitar solo so you can hear. And I don't want to use too much of the track because I don't want to get us in any trouble. But here's 10-15 seconds of that. throw a link for the full song on youtube or something down in the description of whatever medium you're listening to this on right we'll make uh, that available yeah the whole idea behind the song is that there's this girl he wants to be with and he likes but she just won't give him the time of day so he's learning to accept that and he's just walking the other way and you can feel when the whiny guitar in the bridge kicks in i feel like that's more than just a bridge i i feel like that's a clever way for him to convey how he how he's feeling through the instruments it, it hits really hard right before it goes into the whiny guitar and i feel like that's him like being angry that she won't give him any attention and then it goes into the whiny guitar about like you know he he feels he's he's sad he's upset about this and then the song kind of mellows out and ends like he's just accepted it and that's the way it's going to be yeah so that's it for me depress you make you feel sad uh make you miss the one you love that got away so i'm going to turn this over to jake jake make him smile all right you know what's you know what's really great is that my song is on the complete opposite end of the spectrum a little bit of my emo side coming through a little (laughs) bit there so well typically uh a friend noticed a while back that i do tend to really like sadder songs Mm -hmm. so it's very fortunate that i chose a happy song today (laughs) i'd say the odds were against me in general (laughs) but um first off i want to ask you if you've heard of postmodern jukebox i have not band okay it is it's not necessarily a band i didn't do my official research so if i say anything that's inaccurate please be sure to let me know you'll be you'll be kicked off the show let's just say that (laughs) and of course we're not going to have live feedback for quite some time so we'll have to probably theoretically like have a whole episode of freaking corrections (laughs) we wouldn't do that anyway but what postmodern jukebox is is a creation of a guys whose name is scott bradley he would Look at modern music and think if this song was released in the 1920s or the 1930s or 1940s, some sort of classic era, how would it sound? There's plenty of great names that appear on postmodern jukebox all the time. I would recommend, I think it's Piddles the Sad Clown. (laughs) I probably butchered that. And if I did, I am just so sorry because... (laughs) He has an amazing voice. Piddles the sad. Piddles clown. the sad clown. Let's, let's Google it. Since All right, I've let's got Google the it. Internet. Piddles the sad. Puddles the sad clown. I think is how it was. Royal sad clown with the golden voice. Yes. Postmodern jukebox from Puddles Pity Party. Our yes. friend Puddles from Puddles Pity Party joined us for this cover of Lords Royals. And it's wonderful. 
Yeah. That song is wonderful. That is actually not the song <laughs> that I want to specifically say, but I'm just mentioning big names like um, not necessarily. He's not big, right. oh, but well, I've he's on it. His voice is amazing. Yeah. Haley Reinhardt. Oh, she yep. Is, heard of her. Yes. She is a, has a beautiful she voice. She did um, the cover. Uh... I know what you're talking about because we both loved it, but I can't think of it right now. And the song that I wanted to share with you guys is there is postmodern jukebox's 1930s hot jazz vintage cover of Stacy's Mom. Oh. So it's as if the song. Oh, I think I saw you. You posted this. I did post it. Yeah. Okay. I didn't listen to it, but I saw it. Okay. So it's as if Stacy's Mom was written. In the 1930s. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm excited for this. I think what I'm going to do is have it play now or a little clip of it play right now, and then we'll talk about it. So now that you've heard that kind of style, do you think you're going to be liking them on Facebook and uh, seeing what else they have to offer? I'm definitely going to see what else they have. Uh, I'm I'm interested in that Lord that Lord cover, the the Royals. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to spend a, a few hours probably tomorrow. Are they on Spotify? Uh, yes, they're on Spotify. He, they actually they? have albums. Well, it's it's they. Yeah. Uh, they call it Scott Bradley's Postmodern Jukebox because I think he's. Not I think. He is the creator of it. Yep, yep. And he does play the instruments, or he plays at least one instrument in quite a few of the songs, if not all. And he teams up with a lot of the bigger names. I, I would I would say like B-list singers. Yep. People yep. who maybe like got in second place in American Idol, who are yep. still amazing right. who are singers. still very good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I thought that was really, really good. I'm sure the listeners are going to enjoy that. It yeah. Was, it was, I, it's cool. And it's always cool to see like older songs like that revive. Revived, I guess, and that's even cooler because that's like an old song being revived in in an even older way. Right. So. I think it's a song that's eleven years old. Yeah. I'm guessing here. I think it's a 2005. Song. Yeah, around there, around there. Eleven year old song being updated, or not really updated, but in a manner 66 years old. Right. Or 76 right. years. It's old. a cool. <laughs> it's a, it's pretty cool to think about. I had a smile. At, we uh. While you guys were listening to 10 or 15 seconds of the song, we listened to the whole thing. And I was smiling the whole time I watched that music video. You can't video. not it smile. It was so great. It was so good. Especially when he picks up the little key harmonica thing. What is that? What I, is that thing? I don't know. He like... It's like a I keyboard. Think you like blow into it. Yeah, yeah. But you also like control... Right, so it's like a it's like a harmonica like crossed with like a keyboard or something like that. But yeah, it sounded yeah. cool. I, I, yeah, it was great. I really liked it. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty much all I have to say about that song because it's, like I said to you earlier, the song of the week might not always be like a groundbreaking song, but it is a song that I have listened to the most out of every other piece of music this entire week. Right, right. I think when I first discovered it, I listened to it five times in a row because I was so (laughs) enthused about it. It was just wonderful. So I'm glad I could share that with you guys and I hope you enjoyed it. Well, that is it for today's show. I, for one do feel quite better about it than at the end of episode one. How do you feel about that, Joe? I totally agree. I feel like this was a far more fluid 
easier to listen to experience than our first episode was. I think our first episode, we were getting into the, the flow of things. We were figuring out how, how it was going to work. And I think episode two, this one, is uh, an example of that. And I do hope you guys find it considerably more entertaining. If you don't, well then, screw you. Get no. out of here, man. Yeah, because close our, our, this browser tab. Our, our, you close it. Are one or two people who are listening to this right now? We definitely want to get rid of fifty percent. Yeah, of our let's families. alienate them. Yeah, absolutely. Get out of here. But um, we are talking about possibly doing three episodes and releasing them all at once. We might change from here to then, so that's not a promise. But we're hoping that once we get live feedback, it's going to improve our show vastly and i think that the progress we made in this show today is only going to be the same or doubled in episode three i agree i I really think that by next episode we are going to have a very good idea of how much content we need to prepare for a show that i know personally i would like to be a solid hour and by i'd say even episode five i think we're going to have a very very structured very fluid perfectly timed show that's my hope I think down the road, these beginning episodes are going to be almost throwaway. Oh, absolutely. They'll be important because it's the beginning of our podcast, but I I feel as though the content's going to be significantly better to the point where these episodes aren't even really needed anymore. Obviously, they'll never go anywhere. Yeah, that's... that's It'll be fun to look back. Right, right, to see how much we've improved. I, I know personally in little small projects that i've done uh, i've had a couple of personal youtube channels uh even making <laughs> uh 20 or 30 videos on those channels looking back at the beginning video compared to the last video i put on the channel i could see a large improvement in both content and quality of content so yeah i'm excited for i'm, I'm excited to see that here in this podcast absolutely and i'm hoping that the accumulation of all the small projects we've done separately we've done together <laughs> together kind of all turns into this podcast i hope everything that we've done up until this point it has was, led it us for to this. this podcast yes because yes I, I feel like even going into episode one while our structure wasn't as good i am very impressed with us with our especially your technical skills you got everything together for us you got our jingles together for us and we both had a really decent recording mic already right you made that, sure i yeah, had a pop was, filter yeah the pop filter was important so right from episode one we have a huge advantage where other podcasts episode one might not right so right. i do i really am glad that those quote-unquote failed attempts that we've had in the past are still finding value today in this project yep i agree cool so i guess that's it guys tune in next time which will be almost immediately since you'll hear it all at once here's an easy listening track to close out the show peace out see you later you yeah.